Hello, everyone, and welcome to Midweek Minnesota's Music and Sports Rambles. I'm your host, Eric Ritland. I'm a journalist, songwriter, and commentator from the east side of St. Paul. I'm a writer and editor for Music in Minnesota, have released six albums and 80 piece since 2001, and founded blog and podcast Rambling On in 2012. I'm very excited to announce my latest project, Eric Ritland Isn't So Bad. Be happier, get smarter, and discover with the Eric Ritland Isn't So Bad podcast, which debuts on October 7th. Midweek Minnesota is the local portion of Eric Ritland Isn't So Bad, and includes both a music and sports segment. I'm previewing Eric Ritland Isn't So Bad in September by by releasing weekly midweek Minnesota music and sports rambles. For this episode of the Minnesota Sports Ramble podcast, I'll be talking with Peter Ripka, who has been a Wild and Twins analyst for Rambling On since 2012. Since that time, he's been podcast host and has written hundreds of articles, including his latest, which were a series on the last Minnesota Wild season. So enjoy this segment with Peter. So I fully expected the Vikings to lose this week, not because I think the Raiders are a better team or even like a decent competitor because they're not, but just because I go to the cabin once a year, which makes me a terrible Minnesotan, I understand. And last year when I went to the cabin, it was the Vikings-Bills game when they just got demolished by the terrible The Bills. curse of the family cabin. <laughs> <laughs> so we went up this year on the Oakland weekend and I figured, uh-oh, as they say, history repeats itself. Another trap game. Although they were only nine right. and a half point favorites at kickoff. They weren't like 18 and a half or whatever the ridiculous line was last year against right. the Bills. Right. That whole thing had a weird vibe last year against the Bills. Everybody was just so confident. It made me like, eh. Even in more of a way than usual. Yeah. With Minnesota teams overconfidence, which only happens like once every 15 years. <laughs> yeah. So when it does, it's kind of a, shall we say, red light yeah, there's there's a reason that Minnesota sports fans are the pessimistic sports fan. Right. Fortunately, another Bills performance didn't happen, and in fact, the Vikings just dominated. Like, there was hardly any facet of the game that they didn't dominate. Eh, Delvin Cook dominated. Okay. <laughs> and he only had 110 yards or something like that on the ground. Thielen did okay. Thielen did good. The defense, all the things that will help the Vikings win, went well. Yeah. And it was one of those games where if you're a team that's going to be competitive, you win those games decisively. And they did. And really the only bad thing about that game is Chad Beebe going down with an injury. Right. He only had to re-sign Treadwell. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was a wake-up call getting cut. Yeah. Maybe he'll come back and look like the first rounder he was supposed to be. Yeah. I can't believe no other team picked him up. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> what happened to the guy we picked up from Washington? He's injured. Is he injured still? Dotson? Dotson or something? something like that. Yeah, he's been injured. So, I mean, this team was thin at wide receiver, so they kind of needed Treadwell at this point. Right. Well, at this point, with BB out... I mean, your options were Laquan Treadwell or Antonio Brown. <laughs> <laughs> You know, as far as talent goes, Antonio Brown has a slight edge. Slight edge. <laughs> slight edge. But <laughs> I don't think I could watch a game with his prima donna on the field. I wouldn't either. Even taking outside all the legal stuff that's going on with him. Even if all that stuff wasn't true. Yeah, I, I don't think I could deal with that. I mean, Moss was a prima donna, but Moss backed it up a lot more than A.B. And he was fun. 
Yeah, his he sound might... bites after the games. Yeah, and... same thing with guys like Ocho Cinco or T.O. Irvin, Michael Irvin. They had a tinge of kind of erraticness to them, but they were they also were fun and funny and kind of cool. How could you not like somebody that pulled a Sharpie out of his sock and signed the football <laughs> after he scored a touchdown? Right. I mean, the Dallas fiasco was something else. Yeah. But... <laughs> that was the ultimate troll move. Yeah. My goodness. <laughs> So the rumor is that Diggs is unhappy here. Did you hear anything about any of this? That was... He sent a couple of cryptic, cryptic tweets, tweets right. after the game. Something about good team win or something like that. And Yeah. It just sounds like the media trying to drum up controversy. That could be. But it kind of goes back to training camp when he didn't do a lot of the voluntary camp days or whatever. Yeah. Well, he's... Yeah. What it seems like to me, if it is true, is he doesn't like being second fiddle. Right. Especially to an undrafted guy. It's, it's got to be a shot to the ego. Plus, with his talent, having Kirk Cousins throw to you, is that kind of a downer, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> Which, that leads me into question for this weekend for you. Okay. Who would you rather have under center for your team? Oh, jeez. Kirk Cousins... Or Mitchell Trubisky. Trubisky. That's my entire answer. <laughs> um, he's unproven. Cousins has proven over and over again that his ceiling is slightly below average. And I'm being generous. A lot of people would say he's worse than that. But I'd say he's slightly below average. Trubisky has a lot of kinks, but he's young. I feel like the things that are wrong with him are, in the words of Christian Ponder, easily correctable. <laughs> or not easily correctable, but they can be. So at least there's potential, and he's good enough to obviously get your team to the playoffs, which he did last year. I don't think he's going to take a step back this year. He looked terrible in week one, but what player on what team didn't look terrible in week one? Yeah, Delvin Cook. I was going to say, other than the Vikings <laughs> or like teams that took advantage of other teams that were just doing so terrible, like the Falcons, man. Yeah. But long story longer... I like Trubisky. Like is kind of a strong term, but I'm definitely not as down as a lot of people are. I think a lot of Viking hatred of him and I guess, well, I guess strictly Viking hatred of him, Viking fan hatred of him is kind of sour grapes, <laughs> especially for them winning the division last year and taking the Vikings out of the playoffs in the last game, right? Yep. And so they really want him to fail. But on the other hand, if all of the negative stuff about him stays bad or gets worse, then obviously they'll be right. But I would take Trubisky just because there's more to work with with him, I feel like. What about you? I'm I'm kind of on the fence there. Like I've always been the person that likes the known commodity. Mm -hmm. So you know what you're getting. I kind of I'm kind of like that too. That's why I always thought it was a smarter idea to go with Mannion over Slaughter. Yeah. And it's I mean to bring a phrase that a lot of people use in baseball, prospects are suspect till they prove them. Right. And that's kind of what Trubisky is. I mean, he strikes me as a poor man's Christian Ponder at this point, but unlike Ponder, he's getting better. Right. I mean, last year he had a decent year. Now, is that because of the system or because he actually improved? Right. That's one of those things that it's hard to discern. Mm -hmm. uh, but with Cousins, you know what you're getting. You're going to get the good games like he had a couple 
last year, but you're also going to get those eggs like you had in Green Bay. Right. And if you can take your lumps with that, and the defense actually shows up in the first quarter of that game, the Vikings easily win that game still. Right. So you can get around the Cousins' mistakes. The problem is the primetime, high-pressure situations that Cousin has. And being that this is a divisional road game, I think I'd lean with you at this point and try it with Trubisky. Right. Because, I mean, the Bears aren't loaded with offensive talent. The Vikings are loaded with offensive talent. Right. I mean, you got Diggs and Thielen, Rudolph, Cook. Cook, obviously, right? You're pairing in the lead there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, I mean... The starting running back for the Bears is Cordero Patterson. I was going to say who, but I know who that is. <laughs> he's, he's a wide receiver. Yeah. And he's your starting running back. Yeah, I, I saw him lined up as a running back. I thought it was a trick play or something. <laughs> a question for you. Who would you rather have under center on Sunday? Uh, Kirk Cousins or Case Keenum? <laughs> <laughs> Are we taking into account Monday's game? Yes. Kirk Cousins. <laughs> the one thing I'll give Keenum is that the Redskins' offensive line makes the Vikings' offensive line from the year he was here look like Dallas circa the early 90s <laughs> offensive line. Yeah. It's that bad. Yeah. But at the same time, he made really bad decisions. He, he almost... Looked more like Kirk Cousins than Kirk Cousins looks like Kirk Cousins. Maybe it's a playing in Washington thing. (laughs) Because it it ended RG3's career. (laughs) Right? Yeah. I actually kind of thought at first that maybe it would have been a better idea for the Vikings to go with Keenum and then spend the extra money on supplementing the offensive line, other offensive needs. Because I don't think there's that much of a drop from Cousins to Keenum. I've kind of come around on that, though, because A, Cousins has proven to be a little better than advertised. Not much, but a little bit. And Keenum has obviously floundered his entire career. Yeah, there's a reason that Keenum's been on something like five teams in five years or something like that. And Monday night proved that and pretty much silenced all the, the Vikings should have kept Keenum people, which, like I said, I was initially, but it only took about two segments of listening to people who actually know about football (laughs) to realize (laughs) that that's probably a dumb take. But people who watch the All-22. Yeah. (laughs) the, The best way I can describe Keenum is think of the Packers in the late 90s with their gunslinger and Favre. Mm-hmm. Keenum is a gunslinger. The problem is he yeah. doesn't have the talent that Favre did. Right. He takes risks he shouldn't, and he doesn't right. have the arm strength to make up for mistakes. Yeah. Where Favre could throw a bad pass into a bad area, but it was coming at 100 mile an hour, so right. nobody was catching it. Right. <laughs> My prediction for Sunday's game is Bears 16, Vikings 10, I think. I'm thinking you're saying it's going to be a high-scoring game. Right, that is true. It might not even... You're right, you're right. It actually might be less than that. <laughs> I'm thinking it's but, going to be like 10-9. Right. 10-7. And I guess saying 16 would mean that there would be... How many field goals would that be for the Bears then, assuming they make all their extra points? That would be to 10 to 13. That would make three field goals. Their kicker's a little better this year than last year, though, right? Yeah, well, he was when they were gift-wrapped the win in Denver. Right. But, yeah... It, and and to say, like, with me at 10-9, okay, so 
the Vikings get a touchdown and a field goal to win and the Bears make three field goals, or the Bears get a touchdown and a field goal and the Vikings make three field goals. Right. That might be a stretch. (laughs) Last year for the Super Bowl when it was Rams... Patriots. Everyone was like, it's going to be super high scoring. It's going to be high scoring. I was the only person, which I love to talk about, I was the only person who predicted that would be a low scoring game. Everyone thinks this Vikings-Bears game is going to be low scoring, and I agree this time. (laughs) I don't think it's going to be high scoring. It'll be something similar to the week one Bears-Packers game. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be as ugly, I think. It'll be more competitive, but it'll be similar, similarly structured. Yeah, 7-6. Right. Something... 13-10. Yeah, something goofy like that, where it's going to be a low-scoring six game. To, six to four. So, in other words, get in your car, drive down 35, stop at the casino just on the other side of the border, <laughs> and bet the under. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, what, the under will probably only be like 12, right? <laughs> yeah, you know? So maybe it won't take the over. It's going to look more like a baseball over-under than a football over-under. I would have won so much money if I would have bet... On the Super Bowl being under, oh, I should have. Well, the problem with that is that was before our neighbors to the south had legalized sports betting. So you would have had to go all the way either to the East Coast or Nevada. Right. I would have (laughs) to just make sure I plan a a trip out to Vegas or something. Yeah. So you have a bunch of twin stuff that's going to be super cool. Am I I right? We teased that last week, right? Yes. We're going to have batting lineup and rotation. Yes. What do you want to start with? Well, first off, congratulations to the Twins for most assuredly making the playoffs at this point. I'm not even afraid of jinxing them. The magic number is two. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be one because as we're recording this, the Indians are beating the White Sox, edging them out 11 to nothing. (laughs) The White Sox came to play tonight. They really did. They really did. As they often do, and the Tigers often do. Did you hear that Guardy got his contract for next year? Yeah, his Poor extension. Guy. Poor guy. He's He has his lowest loss amount in the last seven seasons he's been a manager is 92. Wow. And this year they're at, I don't even know, when I saw that stat he was at 104. So they might be at like 107, 108 now. Yeah. Poor Guardy. He should come back here as a coach, but his or like a bench coach or something. But his philosophy was so different than the Baldali Lama and such. Yeah. And the but Falvine. When we're talking baseball, you have to start with the starting rotation. Right. Which that is the most intriguing to me because of what the Yankees have said they may do with Paxton being game one and then games two and three being bullpen games and coming back to Paxton for four. Right. And that intrigues me. And with the Twins, of course, I came up with this rotation prior to tonight when Odorizzi left the game with hamstring stiffness. Oh, dear. So hopefully it's minor. So this and the lineup is assuming that those that we know can get healthy are healthy. So obviously Buxton would be eliminated because he's been shut down for the year, had surgery, right? all that. So my rotation is Barrios in one, Odorizzi in two, and then a bullpen game three. Yeah. With, uh, I, you could go with Thorpe, Dobnak. When or, is there a day off? Is it after the second game? Yes. Games one and two are home field. Three and four are lower record. And then five is back at whoever has the home field. Would it maybe make more sense then to have the bullpen game be the second game? So then the bullpen can have a day of rest? 
Yeah, you can do that. You can go yeah. Barrios, Bullpen, Odo. So I've heard third hand, because I heard it today, uh, Patrick Royce was saying that he heard second hand, so it'll just be third hand, or that'll be third hand. Yeah. So hearing it now from me is fourth hand, that the Twins don't trust Barrios in a big spot because of his nerves, so they'd start Odo Rizzi game one, which... You got, he's got to get over it at some point. Yeah. I feel I, like you just, you got to throw him out there. I, I mean, don't care if he's... It, it, it give him a was, short leash. I when mean, was Barrios... When was the last time Barrios pitched in a playoff game? Oh, yeah. Never. <laughs> How do you know that the nerves are going to get to him? Right. That's true. I mean, big... Even, even smaller big spots, he's yeah, kind of buckle under. Big game regular season is completely different than it's big true. game playoffs. It's true. Players get up for the playoffs. Yeah. So he could outperform himself. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm kind of reverting back to my are the twins dunzo negativity because of all the injuries that are going down with old Rizzi and it doesn't look like Kepler is getting any better and Gonzalez got taken out tonight and Sano is still kind of working through stuff and Cruz still has his wrist. Like, if we're, this, we picked a really bad time to be decimated with injuries. But injuries happen and they do. The, the, the and we have is, depth. I mean, so, there's that at least. The preliminary schedule for the playoffs is regular season and Sunday. Right. The first playoff game for the Twins could be Friday because of the AL wild card, the NL wild card, and then the other series starting. So they could be the primetime game Friday if they get the Yankees. Right. Because, you know, the networks are going to want the Yankees in that primetime spot. Right. Because money. Right. My rotation, I think I would, I know as long as he's not injured, I would do Old Rizzi game one just because he's been playing so much better than Barrios has, and then do a bullpen and then Barrios game three. I wouldn't mind your idea, though, as long as Brios is given a really, really, really short leash. Yeah, and if and that's where you got that, ready. you got that built-in leeway, where if you give Barrios a short leash in game one and you end up having to get Call it 20 outs with the bullpen. Right. A la Martin Perez start. Right. Uh, you start Odo game two instead right. of going to exactly. bullpen. That's true. So then you give them yeah. the extra break. That's true. So having that bullpen day in there gives you also a little bit of flexibility. Yeah. And hope that Odorizzi can go until the fifth, sixth inning. I'd say definitely have, whoever you start game one, definitely have either Perez or Gibson, whichever one makes the, the cut for the postseason roster, have them ready. <laughs> because I, if either of them give up two, three runs in the first inning, Odorizzi, I guess I trust. If he gives up two, three runs in the first inning, I say still let him go because he's proven that he can. He's very Radke-esque. Yes, exactly. Whereas Brios, when the wheels fall off, he implodes. Right. That's that's why I'd almost go with Perez as your long reliever because mm-hmm. Gibson gets rattled quick and easy. Yeah, and he's and been, it snowballs. He's been ill all year. He just hasn't been able to recover. So yeah, I'd probably do the same thing. Uh, here's one that we didn't tease. So we did starting rotation. What would the back year bullpen look like? Well, so you got you got several options. You got Rogers, Romo. May, Romo. Uh, I feel like I'm missing one easy one. He's on a shutout or a scoreless appearance streak. Duffy. Duffy. <laughs> and Duffy. So I, couldn't how, think, I couldn't think of him because before this year, trying to think of someone who's doing really well and Duffy would not compute at all. So Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, then... Dyson's going to be shut down for the year. They're what a great deal that was. They're hoping to avoid surgery. Yeah. So, and then you have that's really your back end. Maybe Heldenberger, but he hasn't been the same since he came back. Right. 
What about Gladderall? <laughs> can never pronounce his name. Gladderall? There you go, yeah. Brunson? Is that his name? Bruzdar. I can't even get that. Right. <laughs> Damn it. Brunson's a town in Missouri. <laughs> it's also a very good bar on the east side of St. Paul, but I digress. <laughs> so how would you but, set up? Say your starter is, let's go with the modern era of baseball, five and fly. Yeah. Who pitches your sixth? It all depends on a lot of saber metrics that I'm not really knowledgeable about. So I feel like the manager would know better and would know situationally. But that being said, and yes, this is me admitting that saber metrics work to some degree. That being said, the ideal would be working from the back, Rogers 9, Romo 8, Duffy 7, May 6, I guess. I would, so your back three I would keep the way mm-hmm. you have them. Rogers, Romo, they're interchangeable. Mm-hmm. I mean, if depends on how many. If the eighth is high leverage, you bring Rogers in for the eighth and give Robo the nine. Yep. Seventh, Duffy. Uh, the sixth, I could go Gratterall or May. Yeah. Depending on how much faith you have in the kid and where in the order you are, where in right. whatever lineup you are. I trust both of them, though. Yeah, I trust May a lot more after he fell on his face right out. Right Right. after the All-Star break. Yeah. But he's gotten... He's back pitching with confidence. You can see it when he's on the mound. He's throwing with confidence. For sure. He's not timid. He's not hanging that breaking ball hoping that it gets missed. He's only really had one bad outing in the last, like, month or so. Yeah. And it wasn't for lack of confidence. Just even the best pitchers are going to have a bad game every once in a while. Unless you're, like, Mariano Rivera or something. Yeah. (laughs) So, that's... The pitching staff. Yes. So what's your... uh, Do you want me to stop after each spot in the order? Or do you want me just to go through the whole order? Go through the whole order once and then we'll talk. Pick it apart? Yeah. Alright, so in the leadoff spot, because I'm a traditionalist, I will admit I'm a traditionalist. I I like to to a degree. I like an on-base guy at the top of my order. I don't necessarily want instant offense right off the hop. Uh, so I got a rise. Astadio. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Astadio. He's not in my starting lineup. <laughs> well, He's really how, good at making weak contact. With how injured everybody is, he might just have to be a good yeah. Then we're Then we're just told. But I'm going if all <laughs> right. things healthy. Right. I have a rise playing second base, batting leadoff. And then in the two, ho- I, I two like hole, that. I have two options, really. I got Polanco. At short, obviously. Or Garver catching. Right. And that goes back to if Rocco wants to continue the catcher by committee, where if it's a lefty, Garver plays. If it's a righty, Castro plays. Right. Which it really hasn't been that even of a split like that, but uh, I digress. In (laughs) the three-hole, I got Cruz as DH, where he's been all year. No need to change that. Rosario is clean up. Right. Uh, Sano batting fifth, playing third. Kepler in center field or right field, depending on who the other outfielders are, mm-hmm. which I'll get to. And if Garver's in the two, this is where Polanco would slide into the lineup. Mm-hmm. And Kepler would just move down one spot where I have Castro if Castro's in. Right. Or Kepler. Crone uh, playing first in the eight. And then... Astadi. <laughs> Marwin in right or Cave in center or right. Cave. Cotter. Where's uh, Marte? <laughs> Isn't that the other outfielder? Isn't that his name? Marte? M-A-R-T-E is his last name. Oh, <laughs> oh Lamont Wade? Wade, Lamont. <laughs> <laughs> Lamont Wade now? Jr.? Yeah. The kid that made his Major League debut this year? I I like him as a bench for yeah. 
pinch runner type thing. I mean, he's got a good on-base percentage, too, but I think with Morrowin and Cave, they're both proven right. already. He's good. I like Amante Ways. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. going to be the real deal. Yeah. Lamont Wade Jr. Yeah. And Lemare is... Ryan Lamar. He's a real guy. Yeah. That's who I meant. Oh, Lamar? Yes. He can't be on the postseason roster. PDs? No. He's... He got picked up after the trade deadline. So he's not allowed on the postseason roster. Fair enough. He's the one that used to be on the club. And this year signed somewhere else. And then the Twins traded for him because they needed help in the outfield. Because everybody got hurt. Right. I think that you're... Your your rotation's good. It, that was good too, but we're not talking about that now. Uh, your lineup's good. I like Arise batting first because he's he's so good at getting on base, and then you have Polanco following him, or Polanco or Garver, Garver, and both of them have power to get get runs in, and then obviously the power goes up from there yeah. with Cruz and Snow, and it is this our is this our best lineup that we've had in our lifetime, or at least since. The Kirby Puckett days. I feel like as far as one to nine, it's probably better. Yeah, more home runs, more bombas. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's so solid. I, I've never been so confident if they're all healthy going into a postseason yeah. as I do this year. I mean, I'm I'm still kind of partial to the Piranha lineup. Oh yeah, just because they were so fun to watch. Yeah, but as far as an intimidating lineup, right? The, I mean, it could be our. Most intimidating lineup since the Kilbrew era. Yeah. So, I mean, really, in the World Series years, 87 and 91, who were your intimidating guys? Hockett, Herbeck, Brunanski. And then in 91, Chili Davis. Yeah. I mean, Junior Ortiz. Gaetti was <laughs> yeah. a good hitter. Right, but not. Knobloch was a good hitter. Yeah. Cordova. Oh, wait, he was right. after. He was after, right. <laughs> <laughs> Did you mention Gagney, Greg Gagney? Gagney, Pedro he was a Rulo. good hitter. But as far as intimidation goes, I would definitely take 2019 Twins. Yeah, and then again, the game was different then. You were, it was pitching and defense is right. what won. I mean, Morris went 10 shutout to get the win in Game 7. Right. <laughs> I had to go like, 10 with a shutout. <laughs> I feel like that's not going to happen ever again. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> Maybe eight shutout. (laughs) If you're a Verlander or somebody who can really shut down. Yeah. I think I'm going to stick with my prediction before my prediction (laughs) of the Twins beating the Yankees. Although, as I say that, I feel like I'm wrong (laughs) if they play the Yankees. I will defend your point by this. Okay. So I think they can beat the Yankees. Based solely on what has been rumored the Yankees are going to do with their rotation. Right. And what the Twins did to their bullpen here. Right. I guess the qualifier is, will the Twins be healthy? That's the only thing. If Kepler, Cruz, Gonzalez, Sano... I haven't heard much about him being injured lately. Like, a couple weeks ago they were saying stuff, but that hasn't come up in a while. But if all of them are fine... I say we beat the Yankees, but if if any amount of them, much less all of them, are dealing with nagging injuries and won't be able to play at 100%, it's just going to be tough to be down all of them. Yeah, and it sounds like Kepler's close. Yeah. Crone should be close. Cruz is going to be up and down because of the wrist. Right. The only way to make sure that's 100% is to have surgery, and you're not doing this that now and right. getting them back by the playoffs. He's doing... He's doing well enough working through the injury. It's not gonna yeah. probably not gonna get any worse at least. Yeah. So he's not gonna be optimal. I think if they play the Astros, they win a game or two but lose the series. 
The Astro series, what intrigues me about it is I'd much rather it be a seven against them because they've fared well against Verlander in the past. Yeah, and Granky. This team has a history of beating up Granky. Yeah, for sure. That's why he wanted out of the AL Central. Yeah. I mean, it has nothing to do with he was playing on crap Kansas City teams. <laughs> but then he went to San Diego and then Arizona. <laughs> but the, I mean, who is it? Ian Cole? Is that who their third starter is? Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole. Ian Cole's a hockey player. It's hockey season. <laughs> Not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's the only question mark they have in their rotation. If you can get seven games, that means you get two shots at Verlander and Granke. Right. And Verlander's known for giving up the long ball. Yeah. And what does this team hit? Right. Bombas. <laughs> <laughs> I think they, even injured, they win a series. If Is there any way Cleveland gets the wild card at this point? They are currently tied with Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. I think they the Twins beat Tampa Bay if they play them. The Twins beat the Indians if they play them. <sighs> Oakland's such a crapshoot. I would actually rather play the Yankees than Oakland. Yeah, because the Yankees are a young team that seems to be destined for greatness. A la Billy Bean. You mean Oakland? I think you said the Yankees. Did I say the Yankees? Oakland. Yeah. The Athletics. The Athletics, right. The team that plays in a football stadium. <laughs> that can't get people to go to their games even when they're one of the most exciting teams in baseball. But Tam- Tampa Bay has that, three too. quarters of their stadium. <laughs> I do love the football field on the baseball field look. Yeah. <laughs> they're the only team who still has that. Yeah, for now. Till the Raiders go to Vegas. Right. Which is next year, right? Yep. So, so yeah, by next week, we'll know who they're playing. Or at least it'll be narrowed down. Right? Yep. Because it'll be Wednesday or Tuesday. And the wild card will probably be on the night that we record the podcast. Maybe. Maybe. Like I said. It might be on. Right. The Indians and Rays are tied for the final wild card spot. Would they have to do a 163? They would do a 163. Huh. Wow. So the way it would work is, from what I believe, is so Sunday the regular season ends. If the Rays and Indians are tied for the second wild card, 163 would be Monday. Wild card round one would be Tuesday. And I don't know if that would be NL or AL, but they try to do it the same day. So it's hard to say if it would be the day or the night game. So that would put the second wildcard team in a lot deeper hole because they'd have to, like, take, say, the Indians are the road team for 163, and they win 163. Then they're the road team for the wildcard game. Right. And that would be against the Yankees? No, that would be against Oakland. Right. Or... No, that would be Oakland. Wildcard game sure. would be right. against Oakland. Would be the one game wildcard. The, right. The made-up drama play-in game. So annoying. Uh, and then the winner of that would play the team with the best record, which I believe right now is Houston. And then the Twins basically does pretty pretty much will play the Yankees. Like, is that how it's shaken out? The Yankees can still pass the Astros. Oh, so we might. That's the, it'll either be the Yankees or the Astros. Yeah, and then we need the other one to get upset by the Indians, and then we can beat the Indians and right. Walk mm. right on into the mm. World Series and get our asses handed to us by the Dodgers. Right. <laughs> or, that, it would be so cool if the Braves or the Cardinals could take out the Dodgers. And it would be one of them, two against the Twins. I could see that happening, as long as we don't have to play the Astros and the Yankees. Or Oakland and the Astros. Like, we have to play two really tough teams. We, see, I, I feel like that would be tough, but... I would... I don't... I think they're already out of it, but... I like the Diamondbacks. Yeah. Because Eduardo Escobar is with the Diamondbacks, <laughs> and 
Why I want... still remember Mighty Mouse when he was right. with the Twins. I want I want a 87 or 91 World Series rematch. <laughs> That'd be fun. So where the Twins only win home games and although uh, my nephew noted that the Dodgers would also be a World Series rematch from 65. Yeah, the Twins also played them, so I guess. But I, I mean, I just don't want to play the Dodgers because I want to score a run. <laughs> no, scoring runs well, won't be an issue. Let's but. let's face it. 65, it was the Koufax show. Right. 19, it would be the Kershaw show. Right. <laughs> the Kershaw? <laughs> Kershaw's no Koufax. That guy was insane. Yeah. Just, but that's... 65 was the Kilgrew team. You know, right. The threatening team that could touch Koufax. Right. And he was on two days rest? Maybe something three, like that. something. It was just the third game he uh, pitched, and he only gave up. He went like six, seven, eight. He's insane. Yeah, there was, I don't think there's been a pitcher in baseball as good as him, except for maybe you know Walter Johnson, Cy Young. <laughs> eh, Cy Young was okay. He was all right. <laughs> I mean, what did he ever do? <laughs> See, when I think great pictures, I think Tommy John. Tommy John. I mean, somebody that has a surgery named after him. <laughs> I mean, as far as legendary, you know, but you want to be legendary for that reason, is the question. Yeah. I mean, Tim Wakefield. R.A. Dickey. They could go on no day's rest. <laughs> right. That is true. Because they're knuckleballers. Yeah. That bit the Red Sox in the ass that one year because they brought in Wakefield. And who did he give up a big home run to? I can't remember. I think it was against the Yankees. Yeah. Probably Jeter. Probably Jeter. Yeah. Seemed like everything that happened good for the Yankees in the postseason revolved around Jeter. Right. Give me a knuckleball any knuckleballer any day though. That's one thing I never understood about Twins fans is why they booed Derek Jeter. So dumb. It's just that Because that, he wore the pinstripes? Yeah, and he's just really good and successful and we get jealous of that, I think. And it's, it's not, not like he's not like the Yankees bought him. Or was, the, or that he had a, a cocky attitude or anything. Yeah, he, he was, was just drafted and brought up. Like, I mean, he's kind of running the Miami Marlins into the ground now, <laughs> right. but that's neither here nor there. Uh, don't lie, Peter. You were the person at the All-Star game at Target Field with Jeter that char- started chanting overrated. You don't have to try to run from that now. Oh, uh, so uh, dumb. I uh, mean, every Yankees game I went to at Target Field or the Dome, when he'd be announced and people would boo, I'd just sit there like, Why? I mean, I understood booing A-Rod. Yeah. Because he was A-Fraud. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Or the umpteen amount of players that left the franchise that you picture them with. Right. For big contracts with the Yankees. Johnny Damon. Why was he the first one I thought of, too? (laughs) Probably because he shaved his beard, and that's a real And cut his hair. (laughs) (laughs) Was playing center field for the Red Sox looking homeless. Went to the Yankees and became (laughs) a clean-cut businessman. (laughs) sad really thank you for listening to this sports ramble segment of midweek minnesota for more of my sports commentary visit at mn sports ramble on twitter we have a really fun engaged audience on there and i'd love for you to join the discussion also of course remember to mark your calendars for monday october 7th the launch of the eric ritland isn't so bad podcast thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week